Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security, AI, and meaning-focused podcast that looks at how best to thrive as humans in a post-AI world. It combines original ideas, analysis, and mental models to bring not just the news, but why it matters and how to respond. All right, welcome to episode 384. This is Daniel Meisler. Starting off with security news. A company called Tools for Humanity raised a $115 million Series C to continue its mission to, one, create a global ID, two, create a global currency, and three, create an app that allows you to use the currency in various ways. Why am I mentioning this? Because Sam Altman is a co-founder. So here we have a guy doing in public what a lot of conspiracy theorists think people are doing in private. He's trying to build AGI that will massively disrupt human work. And then at the same time, he's trying to create a digital currency that seems to me would be awful useful for something like UBI distribution. That's speculation, of course, but seems logical. Oh, and this WorldCoin app works by scanning your actual eyeball. So it scans your iris, basically, I think. So add that to the conspiracy porn list. I love how Sam Altman is super transparent about what he thinks is coming and how he thinks we should respond. He thinks AGI is coming and he's building it to be first. He thinks UBI will be needed after AGI comes. So maybe he's building infrastructure that could run UBI or one of the infrastructures that could. I really like that about him rather than speculate about the future, like he's actually building it. New Russia-linked malware cosmic energy could physically damage power goods, says Mandiant. The malware uploaded to VirusTotal in 2021 by a Russian IP address. It's similar to Indestroyer, used in attacks on Ukraine's energy infrastructure. It has ties to Russia's Solar Polygon project for training cybersecurity specialists. It targets communication protocol used in electric power industry. Share similarities with Triton and Intercontroller malware. And exploits insecure by design protocols in industry environments. And Chinese hackers targeted critical infrastructure on U.S. military bases in Guam using stealthy malware, according to Microsoft and Western spy agencies. Beijing dismissed the report as unprofessional disinformation. Uh, China makes me mad. Unlock the secret to rapid growth and success with Vanta, the revolutionary automated compliance platform that propels your business forward, leaving behind drudgery of manual processes. As a podcast listener, you get an exclusive $1,000 off. Do not miss this opportunity. With Vanta, you'll experience lightning fast compliance, automate up to 90% of SOC 2, ISO 27001, GDPR, HIPAA, and more. Be audit ready in mere weeks rather than months. Time and cost savings, reclaim hundreds of hours and cut compliance costs up to 85%. Invest in what truly matters for your business. And it's an all-in-one solution. Harness the power of a single platform for continuous control monitoring, robust security posture reporting. Turbocharge your business growth with Vanta Streamlined Security Compliance. Follow vanta.com slash UL to get your $1,000 discount for getting started through unsupervised learning. That's vanta.com slash UL. AT&T resolved a vulnerability that could have allowed account takeovers with just a phone number and zip code. Discovered by a researcher, Joseph Harris. The issue is fixed through their bug bounty program. This is why you have a bounty. Account takeovers, still nasty. But I do like the fact that uh, 
passwordless 2FA is coming. That is really going to help a lot. A whistleblower has leaked 100 gigabytes of Tesla data to a German news site, revealing over 1,000 accident reports involving phantom braking or unintended acceleration. Unintended acceleration. That's never a good thing. Handelsblatt, the German news outlet, confirmed the data's authenticity with the Fraunhofer Institute for Secure Information Technology. Over 2,400 self-acceleration complaints and 1,500 braking function problems were found in the files. Tesla's internal guidelines prioritize offering as little attack surface as possible when communicating with customers. That's troubling. Customers reported that Tesla employees avoid written communication and focus on verbal communication. Wow. Elon Musk and Tesla face multiple lawsuits and investigations from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and Department of Justice. Wow. So they have an actual policy of not putting things in writing and only saying things in voice. That is amazing and shady and probably really smart. Cloudflare announced new solutions called Secret Store, designed to help developers and organizations securely store and manage secrets across their platform. Interesting to see them get into that space. I feel like what Cloudflare does is basically it finds openings where people are not doing a great job or the previous solutions are just, you know, flat or floundering or whatever. And they're like, I bet you we can make an MVP that's as good or better than this thing. And it'll just be more solid and more stable and trustworthy. And over time we'll grow users. And I feel like they just turn that into like a two or three week project and boom, they have it. And before too long, they're going to have so many different businesses basically encapsulated as features inside of their platform and it seems to be working. Big fan of Cloudflare. Unrelated to whether or not they sponsored, can't remember if they sponsored, but um, yeah, unrelated to sponsoring. And Zyxel released patches for two critical buffer overflow vulnerabilities affecting their firewalls, which could have allowed authenticated attackers to cause denial of service and remote code execution. And users are urged to upgrade urgently. Technology news. Neuralink claims FDA approval for clinical trials, but is not yet enrolling patients. So the brain implant startup Neuralink says it has FDA approval for human testing. Company is not yet recruiting test subjects and trial details are still unknown. Sounds a lot like the Cybertruck, unfortunately. Initial trials likely to focus on safety of brain implants and surgical robots. Neuralink previously faced issues with federal regulators and animal abuse accusations. And the FDA rejection turnaround indicates company addressed the concerns. And now they got a green light. Meta faced a record $1.3 billion fine from EU regulators for transferring user data from the region to the U.S., violating GDPR. That's uh, GDPR with teeth, $1.3 billion. That probably hurt, or at least stung a little bit. The company must comply and delete unlawfully stored data within six months. OpenAI has made Bing the default search experience for GPT, enhancing its AI chatbot with search and web data, including citations. The move follows Microsoft's multi-billion dollar investment in OpenAI earlier this year. Microsoft announced also the launch of an AI-powered Windows Copilot, a service designed to assist Windows 11 users by explaining, rewriting, or summarizing content. The feature will be available in preview mode next month. So it's uh, kind of like, yeah, Copilot is a perfect name, right? Just like coding, except for, for writing. 
Although, I don't know. Feels a lot like Clippy. Guess you can't call it Clippy. A helpful assistant. No one would know what that means anyway, except for old people. Tesla Model Y became the world's best-selling car in Q1 2023, making it the first EV to achieve this milestone, according to Jado Dynamics. The Model Y dethroned the Toyota Corolla with 267,200 sales in Q1. And a recent SERP report revealed that Android users switching to iPhones reached a five-year high, with 15% of new iPhone owners in the U.S. coming from Google's platform. Just my opinion, but it's amazing the difference in output that can occur when one competitor has a 10 to 20 year plan and the other one is perpetually chasing and flailing. And I I called this in 2007, like a couple months before the iPhone release. If you do fewer things and do it really well with a really nice UI and UX, you will win in the long run, especially when that vision is integrated across your entire platform. What people don't realize is Apple is building life OS. When you think about her, okay, that's ultimately what they're building. Now, take out of your mind the fact that they don't have an AI play yet. Hopefully they will starting Monday. But forget the AI component of it. The point is that it knows everything about your life, okay? They're in education. They're in finance. They're in health. They want to be life OS. So they, they are putting a lot of effort into being really easy to use, really enjoyable to use. Whereas what is Google doing? What is Google doing? They're just pumping out phones and pumping out features, better and better cameras. They got like 30 phones that come out like every whatever. And that's not Google, that's Android. But the point is the Android experience is lessened by having all these different vendors putting out complete crap phones which lessen the experience of Android, right? Android is not good or it's not as stable or quality or as an integrated because Google is not controlling the experience across the board. That's what Apple is doing. And that's why it's such a good experience. I've had many friends who finally switched to Apple after years of holding back and wanting to, to be on the Google platform and not wanting to be part of Apple. And within a month, they're like, how stupid was that? This is way better in every way. And I'm like, yep, that's why I've been telling you to do that for 10 years. So, yeah. TLDR, um, Google is getting crushed by Apple because Apple has a vision and Google doesn't. Human News, a new study narrows down long COVID's 200 plus symptoms to a core list of 12 offering hope for better understanding and diagnosis of the condition. So loss and taste, loss of taste and smell and post-exertional malaise top the list of core symptoms. Researchers use data for or from 9,764 participants to create the weighted list. Studies part of the NIH's Recover Initiative. The core list can help protect or could help direct further research and develop diagnostic tools. And a score of 12 was determined as a reasonable cutoff for identifying long COVID. And the link in the newsletter has the list uh, where you can just assess yourself to see if you get up to 12. Really all the points came from the first two, uh, taste and smell and malaise. 58% of US adults are familiar with GPT. Only 14% have tried it. 
Okay, 60% of U.S. adults have heard about it, but only 14% have tried it. Can you imagine how far behind most people are going to be and how blindsided they're going to be by AI if less than 15% of U.S. adults have tried using it? So it, the knowledge is penetrating, or, or the marketing is penetrating. 60% coverage, that's huge. But 15% usage? That's insane. Users' opinions on its usefulness are mixed, with younger adults finding it more useful than older ones. I feel bad for older adults. I, I really do. Like worldwide. And not, not because of their age, but because of mindset. If you're in a mindset where you have not used ChatGPT yet, then I feel sorry for you because of exposure or peer group or the job you have or life situation, whatever it is that's stopping you. It's bad. It's bad. And if you know people like this who you care about, you got to pull them out of this rut and get them started. And Google searches related to sexual orientation and gender identity increased by 1,300% since 2004, with conservative states showing the highest search rates. I guess it would make sense. Like, if you're in a liberal area and it's okay to be gay or LGBTQ or whatever, and you feel that way and it's okay for you to feel that way and other people you know feel that way, then maybe you don't have to Google that, right? This is the reason, right? You don't have to Google that. It's not a thing you would Google. Whereas if you're in a repressed state and your parents would disown you and all your peers are like repressed as well, you're more likely to be Googling for things like that. So I don't think it necessarily means the rates are higher, although that wouldn't surprise me either. All right. So I mentioned this many times, but I keep coming back to it. It's stunning to me that people generally, and especially young people today, have been told their whole lives that people owe workers jobs. If somebody graduates and can't get a job, they feel like society has failed them. Has it failed them? Where does the promise come from that has then failed because it wasn't delivered? I feel like jobs are more like a magical slot machine sitting in a forest that's always pumping out money. Whenever new grads or hardworking people step in front of it, it makes a whir and a clank sound and a job pops up. But nobody has stopped to ask why that does that or when it will stop doing that. Well, I think we're about to find out when it will stop. It won't completely stop, of course. Jobs are the gap between what a business owner wants to do and what they're capable of doing with the people they have. And there will always be a gap there somewhere based on the fact that economies and ideas both grow and shrink. But when we add AI and robots to the mix, we're going to have a lot fewer gaps, at least for humans. The gaps will be there, but they'll be filled by robots and AI very quickly. What's weird is that this shouldn't be seen as attacking workers. Workers are what happens when everything fails. The idea is too big, or the tech isn't advanced enough, or the tools aren't efficient enough. In those situations, those are failures. In those failure situations, that's when you need workers. But if all those things are perfect, we as workers are not needed. That's a strange thing. And it tells me once we get there, we need to move as quickly as possible to a post-work society where human interaction isn't something we must do at work, but something we choose to do because it's the actual purpose of life, interacting with humans, sharing with humans, creating with humans. That's like post-capitalist. It's like post-work. It's a world we're not in yet, 
and it's not clear to see the path that's going to get us there. But the concept of being owed a job, that's not it. All right, notes. The Guidance Project. So the most interesting AI project I've seen since Langchain is definitely Microsoft's new Guidance Project. It's a completely new way of stitching up AI logic versus how Langchain does things. It makes more of the moving parts visible and editable. It also pays special attention to making sure you get the right type of output as you're passing results between components. They also make extensive use of handlebar-like functionality for templates and variables. It's extremely powerful. And they have a good number of examples as well, uh, including just this uh, notebook that you can load up. It's full of examples. You just put your key in there. It's really awesome. If you're hacking on AI stuff, you've got to check out the Guidance Project. Discovery. Pandas AI. Open LLM leaderboard. Photoshop's generative fill is being massively praised. IP Info's free IP location database. I love IP Info. I've been using it for years. Yeah, Ben, who runs the company, just fantastic guy. And I can't recommend this enough. And no, this is not a sponsored slot. Um, IP Info is one of my core tools that I use in all my research and all my uh, work that I do on Recon and OSINT. It's like the, the foundation and bedrock. Um, I use another one, um, Security Trails is another one that I use. Um, but IP Info is my core. Um, IP info combined with project discovery tools. That's like my, uh, my go-to core tool set. hundred very short bug bounty rules. Wanico 99% chat GPT performance on the Vacuna benchmark. Eight really good AI created songs. These kind of blew me away. They got a Kanye West one. It's actually covers of other people's songs. Really good. Hearing Kanye West cover like a, um, Lana Del Rey song. Oh my goodness. It was fantastic. Um, I, I believe AI music is about to be super huge and I think it has the potential to be bigger than regular music just because of volume and speed of creation. And it'll be able to hone in on the, you know, je ne sais quoi of a good song a lot faster than artists can. I, I don't think artists go away, but the, just like anything else, the top artist will still thrive, but it's going to get harder and harder for new artists to break in unless you're, you're going to shoot right to the top. And what's more likely is new great artist content will get consumed by an AI and then it'll start making stuff in that world. And as I'm saying this, it, it is rather disturbing, but the other thing to think about is that artists will be able to use AI to magnify their creative output. So rather than just a song, what if they're making a video um, or what if they're making a, a short movie or an anime or something like that? Th this AI is going to massively give and massively take away. It's, it's insane how, how major it's going to be. Run your own VPN using Fly and Tailscale. The Twitter ranking algorithm, really cool that it's transparent now. Shows like the difference between likes and retweets and stuff like that. Turn a mid-journey prompt into a formula that you can replicate. NVIDIA announces Avatar Cloud Engine, showing what happens when AI collides with gaming. Experiences don't make you happier than possessions? Question mark. Agent GPT, autonomous agents in your browser. And CSA reports on Chinese APDs, I think that's CISA, 
reports on Chinese APTs living off the land to evade detection. In the recommendation of the week, consider making a list of the books you've read and what you got from them. You don't have to write a full summary, but like one to five bullets or a single sentence or a paragraph, however you want to do it. You can use AI to help you for older books before 2021, because you could just ask what the book said and give a summary there. But it's better to, you're trying to capture what you learned from it, not what someone else learned from it. So try it without AI first, and then you can use AI to formulate your thoughts if you want. We don't need to remember books, I don't think, but it's nice to know that we got some sort of osmosis effect from consuming them. And it's nice to have a record of that osmosis. In the aphorism of the week from my dad, it's nice to be nice. From my dad, it's nice to be nice. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com slash newsletter. We'll see you next time. Thank you.